Welcome to the Rena Malik MD podcast, where we explore health and demystify the complex to improve your quality of life. This is Dr. Rena Malik, urologist and pelvic surgeon, and today our guest is Dr. Danielle Jones, also known as Mama Dr. Jones, an obstetrician and gynecologist who has dedicated herself to providing quality education on social media. She has over 2 million subscribers across multiple platforms, including YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and more. Today, we talk about infertility for both men and women. We talk about the basics of infertility, how often you should have sex to get pregnant, what is the best diet for infertility, is soy bad for men, what supplements are good for fertility, does cell phones, do cell phones result in radiation, what about hot tubs when trying to get pregnant, should you wear boxers or briefs, and does cycling affect sperm count? How do alcohol, smoking, and marijuana affect fertility as well as stress? And lastly, how does testosterone affect fertility? Dr. Jones made an excellent video on optimizing fertility for women trying to conceive. And today we're going to do the male side of that. So what can men do to make sure that they're doing their part and their sperm are in top-notch condition to help conceive? infertility is defined as the inability to conceive after 12 months of unprotected intercourse and about 8 to 15 percent of couples are infertile based on that definition and how often is the male responsible for the infertility well about 20 percent of the time it's entirely the man who's responsible and about half the time men contribute to some component of the infertility. So it's really important for the male to also be investigated if you're trying to conceive and having issues with infertility. The most common misconception about infertility is that you need to have sex every single day during your wife or partner's ovulation window. And that's not entirely true. The studies show that semen parameters are optimal when you've had two to three days of abstinence from any sort of ejaculation. So Typically, I will recommend that you have intercourse every other day or so when you're trying to conceive. But the big take home is don't stress out about it. It's really not a big deal. If you miss a day, it's okay. It's supposed to be fun. Making a baby is supposed to be a fun experience and not a stressful one. So the important thing to understand for men is that the reason that some men experience infertility is because of our sperm, not my sperm, but men's sperm, and because of sperm. And so sperm actually are housed in the testicles, which are in the scrotum. And because of that, they need certain optimal conditions to survive, to be in the right concentration, to move in the right direction. So when you're trying to conceive, they need to go through the uterus into the fallopian tube and reach the egg. And so they have to be moving in the right direction and they have to have a normal shape. And so all of these characteristics need to be optimized in order to achieve a successful pregnancy. The sperm cells are actually very uniquely susceptible to stressors called oxidative stress. So I'm going to focus on things that are modifiable or changeable by something that you can do. But this does not replace getting an evaluation by a urologist if you are having issues with fertility. You may uncover some specific abnormalities that can be treated with medications or surgical procedures. And so it's really important to still go see a urologist. Dr. Jones, how often are you seeing 
women in the clinic who have a partner who refuses or has not yet seen a urologist? The answer to that is almost always I have patients who are seeing me first because they're having trouble getting pregnant and the partner hasn't done anything or sought any evaluation at all. I always order a semen analysis when someone comes in and they have a male partner and they want to discuss fertility and they're having trouble getting pregnant. I know there are some OBGYNs who prefer not to do any of the male partner uh, workup, but I would feel comfortable ordering it and then referring to urology or reproductive endocrinology if it's abnormal. But yes, it is really, really common for the female partner to be seeking evaluation first. And male factor infertility is a large reason that people have trouble getting pregnant. And it's one of the more commonly missed problems. So I'm glad that you're doing this video to help people learn more about it. Wow. Hey guys, low testosterone or low T affects about 30% of adult men in America. Are you feeling the drag of fatigue, noticing a dip in muscle mass, or sensing a slump in your libido? You might have low T, a condition that can significantly impact a man's life. Get your testosterone level tested. Kaizotrex is an FDA-approved pill that's changing the game in testosterone replacement therapy. Kaizotrex was shown to be effective in restoring testosterone levels in nearly 9 out of 10 clinical study participants. Each Kaizotrex oral capsule is uniquely formulated to be easily absorbed and bypass your liver to avoid liver damage. Patients also saw a decrease in sex hormone binding globulin and an increase in free testosterone. It's time to break free from injections, pellets, and gels. Choose Kaizotrex and take a step towards being the hero of your life. By prescription only, Kaizotrex is a controlled substance and can be a target of abuse. Kaizotrex is not for use in pregnant women or men with prostate or breast cancer. Safety and efficacy in those younger than 18 is not known. Tell your doctor about all medical conditions and medications. Serious side effects could include increased blood pressure, worsening prostate symptoms, increased risk of prostate cancer, blood clots in the legs or lungs, decreased sperm problems, liver problems, enlarged or painful breasts, and breathing problems while you sleep. Common side effects include swelling of the ankles, feet, or body, increased red blood cell count, and increase in prostate-specific antigen or PSA levels. PSA is a test used to detect prostate cancer. Report these symptoms to your doctor. Call your doctor to learn more about Kaizotrex. For questions or more information, visit www.kaizotrex.com or call 1-833-949-5040. That's interesting. So, you know, coming to a urologist for infertility evaluation is super simple. You come in, you talk about your history, you do a physical examination, and you get a semen analysis. So it's really painless, except for the discomfort of talking about those things, which I can totally relate to that some people are uncomfortable seeing a urologist and getting an exam and all that. But it's really not a big deal. So please don't hesitate. Go see a urologist and get an infertility evaluation if you are having issues. How about dietary changes? Well, I will preface this by saying the data on dietary changes is mostly observational. So that means that they looked at men who had normal semen parameters and compared them to men with abnormal semen parameters. Again, looking at concentration, mobility, and morphology. And what did they find? They found that men had poor semen quality when they had high intakes of processed meat or dairy and improved semen parameters if they took more servings of fruits and vegetables. And that was confirmed in another study where they found that if you took more than five servings of fruits and vegetables a day, you were more likely to have normal semen parameters. So what does that mean for you? Well, is it definitely going to help your fertility? 
probably it's certainly going to help you improve and maintain a normal body weight, which is also important for fertility. And it will also improve your overall health for multiple reasons. So my takeaway is that you should go ahead and try to make the changes because it will help you overall. It will help your health. It will help you conceive. And it will also help you be more energized when you do have a baby so you can help run around and take care of it. Another study looked at omega-3 fatty acids. They looked at either by supplementing them with a supplement over the counter or just eating more food that had omega-3 fatty acids like fish and walnuts. And they did find a correlation with improved semen parameters and, and intake of omega-3 fatty acids. What about soy products? The reason that soy products come up a lot is because soy has active ingredients called phytoestrogen. And phytoestrogens are a structural compound that mimics a hormone called estradiol. And estradiol links to some receptors on our body and is involved in hormonal regulation of sperm production. So the thought is that high consumptions of phytoestrogens can cause changes in semen parameters. So what does the literature say? Well, it's actually inconclusive because some studies have found that high soy intake is correlated with poor semen parameters, while others have found the complete opposite. And ultimately, no study has found any impact on actual live birth. So what's the take home? I think moderation is key in everything. So if you're consuming a lot of soy products, I would certainly pull back on it because there's really no harm in doing that. Uh, but I wouldn't say you'd have to stop it entirely. Are you loving the Rena Malik MD podcast? Well, I love each and every one of you, and I'm truly honored that you choose to spend a bit of your week with me. Did you ever hear the story of why I started making content online? Well, when I was a resident, I remember having a patient who had bladder cancer, and in order to treat her bladder cancer, we had to remove it and then reconstruct a new bladder called an Indiana pouch. Now, with this new bladder, she would have to catheterize herself through a stoma or an opening on her abdomen in order to empty her bladder. So after surgery, immediately she did great. She went home and no major issues. But subsequently, over the next couple months, she started getting readmitted over and over again to the intensive care unit. Eventually, we figured out that she didn't understand that she now had to catheterize herself to empty her bladder. Just the simplest thing that was so pivotal, she didn't understand that. And it was then that I realized as a urologist, I could do the perfect surgery. But if my patient didn't understand the consequences of that surgery, then I failed as their doctor. And once I started practice, I realized that I couldn't teach people everything they needed to know in the 15 or 30 minutes I saw them in my office. And that's when I started creating all my Rena Malik MD content to offer free education to people around the world. And I can tell you that it has been truly one of the most rewarding experiences in my life. And in order to keep providing free content, we need your help. If you are getting value out of this podcast or my other content, I encourage you to join our premium membership. As a member, you'll get early access to the audio and video of the podcast completely ad-free, transcripts of all the episodes, and exclusive access to Ask Me Anything episodes that occur once a month. And during those episodes, I answer questions that are asked only by premium members. So join us today at renamalik.supercast.com. Can't wait to see you there. Mama Dr. Jones, what would you say? Is there any specific recommendations for women trying to conceive on soy products? 
I don't have a lot of specific advice about soy for women who are trying to conceive. I would say that with anything, I recommend a varied, balanced diet full of nutrients, but not heavy on one thing or the other. So if someone's consuming abnormally large amounts of soy, then I would definitely have them avoid that. But for the most part, I don't think we see a huge effect of soy in reasonable daily amounts for most people who are trying to get pregnant. Let's move on to dietary supplements. There's a number of dietary supplements available that claim to optimize male fertility, but what's the data on that? So the most recent systematic review, meaning a review that looks at all the papers and literature, takes all the data and puts it together, looked at a number of different supplements. And what they found was there were a certain number of supplements that did improve live birth rates. And these included coenzyme Q, L-carnitine, vitamin E, and a multivitamin. Interestingly, however, a study that was recently published, as recent as March of this year, conducted a randomized control trial. And what does that mean? Is they took nine centers across the United States and they randomized infertile men or men with some abnormality on their semen parameters who were attending an infertility clinic and they either got a placebo, which means a sugar pill or something that was not active, and compared it to a antioxidant formulation. And so this antioxidant formulation had a number of active ingredients in it. It had vitamin E, vitamin C, selenium, L-carnitine, zinc, folic acid, and lycopene. And so these men who were randomized took this for three months, and then they followed these men for up to six months to see if there was any change in semen parameters or birth rates. And overall, there was no statistically significant difference between the men who took a placebo or a fake tablet compared to an antioxidant. So ultimately, that data concludes that there's really no benefit. So the interesting thing here is they used a specific formulation. So we don't know if individually in higher concentrations, maybe those multivitamins are effective. I think the jury's still out. However, I think taking a normal amount of antioxidants is not going to be harmful to you. So if you're trying to conceive, it may be reasonable to take a supplement. I don't have a huge infertility practice, but when I trained, the person who trained me would suggest getting coenzyme Q10 and L-carnitine during the time of infertility to try and optimize sperm production. Dr. Jones, do you have any specific supplement recommendations for your patients who are trying to conceive? As far as supplements, I'm pretty relaxed on this. I usually just recommend a prenatal vitamin. I talked in my video a little bit about newer data. It's not really newer, but I think it's less accepted in medical community about difficulty absorbing the synthetic form of folate, which is in some prenatal vitamins. And so I have taken to start recommending that patients make sure they have L-methylfolate or bioactive folate in their prenatal vitamin. But other than that, I think a prenatal vitamin is sufficient for the average healthy person. Always talk to your doctor to make sure that you don't fall outside of that or that they don't have other you know, recommendations that are something that I'm not aware of. What about cell phone use? Cell phones emit low range radio frequency electromagnetic waves that can be harmful both due to the temperature effects of those electromagnetic waves and just the effect of the waves. But not unsurprisingly, it's really hard to design a study where you can really isolate cell phone use, identify its correlation with live birth rates or sperm quality. So should you stop using your cell phone? I don't think there's any real data to support that. However, they did find a study 
that said men who carried their cell phone in their hip pocket or a belt had lower sperm motility than those who carried it elsewhere. So I certainly recommend that stop carrying your cell phone in your front pocket. You can put it in your back pocket or your breast pocket to keep it away from the genitalia so that you're not getting the thermal effects of having a cell phone. And that goes on to our second thing, which is genital heat. So heat around the genitals can be damaging. And the reason for that is your testicles are in your scrotum for a reason. It's because the optimal temperature for sperm production is three to four degrees lower than that of your body temperature. And so when there are things that cause elevated temperature in your scrotum, that can disrupt sperm production significantly. A one degree Celsius change, which equals approximately a 1.8 degree change in Fahrenheit, caused a decrease in sperm concentration by 40%. And how easy is it to change by one degree Celsius? Well, if you put your laptop on your lap and you and a male sits, which also causes some increased heat based on the change in the position of the scrotum, they can reach that one degree change somewhere between 11 and 14 minutes. So I certainly recommend stop putting your laptop on your lap, put it on a desk, put it on uh, some other surface that's not your body so that you don't get that increase in temperature. So what about boxers or briefs? So the theory is that wearing briefs is going to cause a higher scrotal temperature. And so they've tried to look at this in studies and they have found no significant difference in semen parameters based on boxers or briefs. So wear whatever you feel like wearing. And lastly, things like jacuzzis, hot tubs, sauna. Steer clear of those while you're trying to conceive because that can have detrimental impacts on your semen parameters. While all of these things do have impact on their semen parameters, they are reversible. And the time to reversibility depends on how long you were exposed to the heat. For example, if you've had a very bad cold or fever, that can also impact your semen parameters for some length of time. So we typically don't recommend getting a semen analysis right after you've had some sort of cold or fever flu-like symptom. Dr. Jones, does having a laptop on your lap for women, has that ever been looked at in the OBGYN literature? Does it impact ovarian function at all? I don't know of any recommendations as far as laptops or things, electronics, things like that for problems with ovulation. So what about exercise? Generally speaking, exercise is a good thing for your fertility. When they looked at data, they found that moderate intensity exercise for three times a week is actually found to improve semen parameters. However, long-term, really strenuous exercise can be detrimental. And the big question that always comes up for my avid cycler patients is what about cycling? Does that cause an impact? Well, there are two major studies that have found a correlation or lack thereof with cycling. So the first study looked at 2,200 men who were going to a fertility clinic in Boston, and they found an association. And again, you have to be careful with association because they could be confounded by other factors. So what does that mean? For example, a cycler could also be a smoker and the smoking could be what's impacting the fertility. They do try to control for these confounders in these studies. And so what they found was that men who cycled for longer than five hours a week, which is not really hard to do if you're an avid cycler, were significantly more likely to have abnormal semen parameters. Then a second study done in the UK looked at 5,000 cyclers who were categorized in 
five different categories from less than 3.5 hours to greater than 8.75 hours, and they found no significant difference between those that cycled less and those that cycled more. So this data suggests that there's really no specific link with cycling and infertility. So if you enjoy cycling, please continue to do so. Dr. Jones, are there certain exercises for women that are more favorable when trying to conceive or conversely unfavorable? The only thing with females that we typically see exercise affecting ovulation is people who are over-exercising. So if a body fat percentage gets below a certain point, a lot of times cycles will stop happening and people will stop ovulating or they will have a regular ovulation where it's not really predictable. So the only people I really talk to about drastic changes in their exercise routine are people who are not exercising at all and need to get in a good healthy relationship with exercise prior to pregnancy and people who are exercising so much that they have a low body fat percentage and they're not ovulating regularly because of that. We tend to see that in competitive athletes, people who run marathons frequently, um, people who are gymnasts, things like that. What about alcohol? So alcohol consumption in large quantity, chronic alcohol consumption, can result in decreased libido, testicular atrophy, which means your testicles get small, and your semen parameters can become progressively abnormal, which can result in infertility. How much is too much? Well, we know that the relationship is dose dependent. And what that means is if you drink more, you're going to have a higher risk of having these complications. The studies haven't really given us a perfect number, but what they found in the studies is that greater than seven to eight drinks a week is maybe the cutoff. Again, not for sure, but if you're drinking consistently every day, large quantities, you definitely need to take that down in order to conceive. Other things like smoking, marijuana, cocaine are all definitely bad for fertility. And again, they also have a dose-dependent relationship, particularly for smoking. They've looked at this most, and they've found that smoking large quantities and even light quantities can impact semen parameters. But the good news is that this is reversible. So they've looked at patients who used to be smokers, checked their semen analysis, and then checked it three months after they stopped smoking, and they found that they have recovered some of their sperm quality. As far as marijuana use, when they looked at the Danish population of about 1,500 men, they found that smoking marijuana more than once a week caused nearly over a 50% change in the sperm concentration and sperm count. So I think if you're smoking more than or consuming marijuana more than once a week, you certainly want to consider abstaining from marijuana use during the time you're trying to conceive. And similar results have been found in cocaine. The other thing that is hard to study but certainly has some association with infertility is psychological stress. So when looking at all the studies on psychological stress, they found that having stress related to your job, to adverse events in your life, to having limited social support can negatively impact your semen parameters. Improving your psychological well-being has significant impact on your life overall. So it will improve your fertility, hopefully, yes, but it can also improve your quality of life and a number of other medical problems. Dr. Jones, can you tell us a story about how one of your patients 
came in and had a successful pregnancy after their partner made some changes in their lifestyle. Yeah, actually, I think as far as stories of people having success after their partner made some lifestyle changes, the most common thing that comes up that I see in clinic is a partner who's taking testosterone because that has a great impact, which I'm sure you'll talk about in this video at some point, on the sperm count. And I will often see patients who say, you know, everything is fine. I'm healthy. I'm ovulating. I'm tracking my ovulation. My partner's healthy all good. And I'll ask them, you know, what supplements or medications is your partner on? And they'll say testosterone. And that's always kind of a red flag to me. Okay, we need to get a semen analysis and have you talk to your urologist because that is not going to make your sperm very happy being on a lot of testosterone. And a lot of times they can make some changes or go off of that and have some success in getting pregnant. But I usually get you guys involved at that point as well. Lastly, what I want to talk about is exogenous testosterone use. So if you are taking testosterone or some supplements that have testosterone in them, that will essentially render you infertile. You need to stop taking testosterone to conceive a pregnancy. The reason testosterone renders you infertile is it feeds back to the hormone pathway that creates testosterone and tells your body that, hey, there's enough testosterone here. You don't need to make any more. And then you don't get enough testosterone to make adequate sperm. And the results of taking exogenous testosterone or oral testosterone or some other form of testosterone can actually be lasting for up to six months. And in some cases, if you've been using it for many, many years, that can be irreversible. So I wanted to end off on a high note. Dr. Jones, thank you so much for joining us today. We totally value your education and Thank you so much for educating people about obstetrics and gynecology and combating medical misinformation. Thanks for having me. If you guys did not see my video on optimizing your natural fertility over on the Mom and Dr. Jones channel, I would love for you to check it out. Thank you for listening to today's episode on the Rena Malik MD podcast. If you enjoy listening, the best way to support our podcast is by rating and reviewing this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. This allows us to spread free education to more people each and every week. You can find me on social media on all the platforms at Rena Malik MD, including YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you'd like to see me as a patient, you can easily schedule an appointment at www.renamalikmd.com com backslash appointments. And as always, remember to take care of yourself because you are worth it.